talking about the reality of life and life paths. And, you know, as you travel through life, you form relationships, you build families, you earn money, you build bridges. Sometimes you burn bridges. Uh, You make good decisions, make bad decisions. And your decisions take you in a specific way. And you go so far, and then you turn and make another decision, and you look on what you've done, and you change, and uh, you know you, you form a world view as you go through life. Uh, but one of the things that we need to understand about life, very practically, here's uh, my <coughs> sort of my definition of it: uh, it's meant to be lived with a sense of profound significance and deep fulfillment. Okay, uh, not just here to get up and go to work and come home, cook dinner, and watch the game or watch our favorite show and go to bed and do it all over again until we die. Uh, There's a significance to your life and there's a purpose. God created each one of us with a specific purpose for being here. And I think that we tell our kids, we've heard it as kids, and we tell our kids, uh, someone who has gifts and talents, you know, that God's given them, we say, oh, you have so much potential and I really want you to reach your potential. But I'd like for us to switch that thinking when we talk about the reality of life from reaching your potential to fulfilling your purpose. Because God didn't put you here just for potential. He gave you potential, but potential is not the end-all, be-all. Your purpose is. You have a purpose-driven life. And so God put you here for a purpose. Now, sometimes when we think about life, there's a reality that we grasp. There's a reality that, that comes to mind, that we form. And uh, really, there is there's such a thing as true reality versus what I call perceived reality. And true reality is the state of things as they actually exist. Sometimes we don't see things as they actually exist. Okay? Whereas perceived reality is how we interpret true reality based on our own understanding, desires, and experiences. So we have to understand there is a difference. It's not just about our perceived reality. You go to a, to a program, and I go to a program, and we come, about, come away talking about it, and Brother James, you'll say, well, I saw this, and it, it looked like that, and I'll say, I saw this, and it looked like that. And really, the true reality is sometimes somewhere in the middle. But what we see is our perceived reality. And it's based on our experiences and our desires. What we have to understand is that true reality is what God says it is. No matter what we see with our natural eyes. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. And so true reality is the faith that we see. Perceived reality forms our grid into which we view life. And sometimes that affects us in how we uh, conduct our relationships, how we relate to others, uh, even on our jobs, at church, at school. Uh, Our perceived reality forms our attitude, our thought process, and all of those things. And if we continue to just follow the path of perceived reality only, we'll end up far from the purpose that God created us for. And we'll find out in this series that only through fulfilling purpose do you get peace, do you get joy, do you get
get fulfillment? Do you get a sense of accomplishment through fulfilling your purpose? But you'll never do that if you walk the path of perceived reality only. You see, life is meant to be lived with a sense of profound significance, deep fulfillment, facing the reality of the unexpected disappointment sometimes. Come on. Sometimes we have setbacks, as well as the joy of family, friendship, achievement, and a life blessed by God. Life is meant to be lived this way. Do you know that life is meant to be lived with disappointment? Now, I know that might, uh, you know, that might make some of us quiet. It might say, well, wait a minute now. What do you mean life is meant to be lived with disappointment? Am I, am I to get up just so that I can look forward to a disappointment? No, that's not what I'm saying. But here's what I'm telling you is that a lot of times we walk through life with a perceived reality. And you're going to be disappointed. I'm not giving you a negative confession or a negative prophecy. Well, what I'm telling you is you, you deal with human beings. You deal with jobs that are created by man. You're dealing with machines that you drive every day that are created by a man or a woman that are flawed. And they break down sometimes. And, and things happen. And your refrigerator doesn't work. And all of those things happen sometimes. But the thing is, not whether the disappointments come or not, but it's do we overcome the disappointment? Because the overcomer, in the end, sits in the throne room with Jesus. And if there are never any disappointments, if there are never any obstacles in your path, you'll never be an overcomer. Come on, it's just simple physics. You can't overcome if there's nothing to overcome. And so we have to understand that there is a reality of things that will be thrown into our path. But it's up to us to overcome because we have a sense of what true reality is. True reality. You know, it's interesting how some people look at life. There's thousands of life quotes. You can find them on the Internet and you can find them in different books. I jotted down a few quotes that I thought were interesting that uh, people kind of threw out there. You know, one of the life quotes is, life. I didn't sign up for this. You know, what is this? This is not what I thought it would be. What about, despite the cost of living, it's still popular. Living might go up, but it's still popular to live. I'd rather live than die. One person said, life is like an onion. You peel it off one layer at a time and sometimes you eat. I know that to be true. But I love what Abraham Lincoln had to say about life. Abraham Lincoln once said, And in the end, it's not the years in your life that count, but it's the life in your years. And that's what we're after. We're after some life in our years. So whether you are turning 18 this year, or you turn 50 this year, or you're turning 80 this year, there are life, there is life left in your years. No matter where you are in life, the reality of life. What is the meaning of life? The great question that mankind has. I believe there's a wrong meaning and a right meaning. John chapter 10, if you read with me, we'll get down to verse 10, but start at, uh, let's start at, at verse 7. 
if you have your Bible. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. <clears throat> Before we put that up, Beth, let's, I want everybody to look at your own Bible. Don't look at that version of it yet. It says this, starting at verse 7. <clears throat> then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, he's talking to his disciples here. I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Okay, I am the door. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. And so if you're, if you're trying to get to God some other way, Jesus made it very plain. I know that we have, you know, well, I did not say that. We, we have, a, you, know, we, we have you know, all of these philosophies and people believe uh, there's all kind of different ways to get to God. And you can be a Buddhist and you can be uh, a Muslim or you can be a this and a that and a new age and all of that. But at the end, you get to God. But I'm trying to tell you that Jesus made it very plain. He, was not, he did not hold his tongue when he said there is only one way. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Come on. And we'll go in and out and find pastors. Right before that, he said, what? If you, if you come in any other way or try to get in another way, uh, you're, just, you're, you're following a thief and a robber. And then he says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. In another version, you can put that up now, Beth. Another version puts it this way. It says, the thief, in verse 10, does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life. I have come that they might have it more abundantly. I come so that they have real and eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. Life in all its fullness. Rich and satisfying. Possessing life. Not in abundance, but in super abundance. God wants you to live. Come on, somebody. Not just exist. You're put here for a purpose, and that is to live. And living does not disclude, I know that's not a word, but I'll use it. It does not disclude disappointment and things that are thrown in your path. Because I want to tell you something. I don't look for disappointment. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not looking for disappointment. But some of the best times I've ever had is when there are obstacles in my way and I'm able to overcome the obstacle, come on, and come out on top. Then you have a real sense of accomplishment. I mean, if you go through something and there's nothing in your path, <clears throat> it's a great thing because you get to where you wanted to get to. But then if you go through something and the enemy's throwing things at you and others are saying things about you and you go through it anyway because your eye is on the prize, because you're not looking, you have your hand on the plow, but you're not looking backwards. You're fit for the kingdom of God. You understand that the word of God is true and you have a sense of what true reality is. When you're able to do that and you come out on top, now you have a sense of accomplishment. Now you have a sense of purpose, and you understand that life is to be lived. This is life, the life of the overcomer. But what trips us up sometimes is people have the wrong meaning of life, especially people without God. They look at life a whole different way. Some people look at life this way. There is no meaning to life, plain and simple. There is no God, no destiny, no life after death. We're not put here to do anything. We just do what we do, get up, do everything every day, and then we die and we just cease to exist. 
What a terrible way to live life to me. No purpose. Why do anything? Why help people? Why try to climb the corporate ladder? Why try to be an overcomer? Why do anything if you're just here to exist? But the right meaning of life. We were created for our purposes. And this is what I think God wants to get into us in this, in this message series. We're created for a purpose and are meant to live a life that is significant and meaningful. Each and every one of us, no matter what side of the track you were born on, no matter what color God made you, no matter what gender you are, come on. Know that God made you for a purpose. He made you the way you are for a purpose. Come on. Purpose and significance come as we live life according to God's will and we walk in His path. And that's what we want to talk about today. Life path. Life has many turns, many crossroads, detours. Dead end sometimes. Paths that look right, that end up wrong. You ever been on one of those paths? I have. So choose your path carefully. Choose your path wisely. God has set before you paths of greatness. Each and every one of them. Some might say, well, God's not set a path of greatness before me because it seems like everything I do, you know, just turns out, uh, you know, not good. It falls apart. But I want to tell you, are you on the path that God set before you? That's the question you have to look in the mirror and ask yourself. What path has God set before me? God has set before you paths of favor, significance, purpose, and abundance in life. His words, not mine. God has set those paths before you. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's own handiwork. That means He took His time in making you. We're not an assembly line people where we just all come out of the conveyor belt and whatever happens, happens. Each one of us, God took His time and He formed us and He thought about purpose and He thought about uh, everything about us. He thought about height. He thought about you know how you would look, uh, male, female, all those things. And He formed us and He molded us and He shaped us. He took His time with us. We are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined. He planned ahead. Come on, somebody. He planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life, the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. That's out of the Amplified Version. I, I've heard this spoken over my life. I spoke this over the church, and I believe God is still speaking this over your life as you sit here today, that God is getting you ready for what He already has ready for you. A lot of us think we're ready. I'm just waiting for God to prepare. You know, when you're single, you're thinking, I'm, just, I'm ready, I'm just waiting for God to prepare my mate. But the truth of the matter probably is that that person's already prepared. He's preparing you. Come on. Or that destiny is already there. He, he's not, we say, oh, God just opened the door. Guess what? A lot of times God already had the door open. He just wouldn't let you walk through it because he's doing some stuff in you. Come on. 
He's getting you ready. You're his workmanship. And he's getting you ready for what he wants to get you into. And so we have to understand that there are spiritual pathways that God wants us to walk. There are places that God wants us to step into. And we have to be able to recognize those places. People always wonder what's next in life. I mean, I began to think about that as I turned uh, 50. And I thought, well, you know, what, what's next? You know, I've been 50 years on this earth. And uh, in, in one sense, I could say, well, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of things and I've forgotten a lot of things. And in another sense, I know there are many of you here that said, well, you're just getting started. You know, wait till you get 60 or 65 or 70, you know. And so uh, I just feel like 50 is kind of a teetering point, you know. Uh, you know, you've been through some things, but there's, what, what, what's next? You know, I mean, what's next? What, what comes next? And God began to share some things with me about what's next. I, I was thinking that for me, and, and maybe for some of you, I won't call any names out, but uh, some of us sometimes look at our lot in life, and we really blame the devil. You know, I am where I am because of the devil. You know, the enemy just did this in my life, and the enemy destroyed my marriage way back then, and the enemy uh, did this thing on my job where that person got me fired, and the enemy uh, did this where I was in school and I got treated wrong, and the enemy did this and the enemy did that. And I want to tell you today that not everything is the enemy. There's a little thing that got us to the place we are today, and it's called decision. Come on. Now, I'll tell you what. The enemy will use our decision, come on, and try to guide us on a certain path, but he doesn't create the decision. We're the ones that make the decision. And I'm only saying that. I don't mean to be mean or because I'm looking in the mirror saying that. Come on. But I'm just saying that if we're going to talk about the reality of life, that's where we have to start. We are where we are because of seeds we planted yesterday. We planted seeds last June and last July and last August, and things are, are, are coming to pass today because of those seeds. And you can't plant a seed today and think tomorrow it's all going to be wiped away or it's all going to grow up and look beautiful. If you want things to be better in August of this year or December or 2018 or 2020, start planting today. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest time. There's a time for everything under the sun. And not all of it is at the same time. Come on. And so we have to understand that there are some decisions that we've made. But it's okay. All we have to do is make some new decisions today. And this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Another thing the Lord was sharing with me when, we, when I was asking him, okay, Lord, what, what's next? I began to think about, uh, you know, bad decisions I've made in my life and, and things that have happened that, uh, you know, were not God's will and, and things I've been through. And I don't know if you've ever reflected and, you, and you've ever thought, well, if I could just go back to that moment in time when I was 25 or 22, I would make a different decision. I would go to this college or I wouldn't do that with that person. Or I, you know, I would make a different decision and maybe I'd be somewhere different now. You think about all of those things and then uh, you go to the Lord and, and you hear all of these things. Your, your past is wiped away and it's, it's gone and all of that. And I believe that in terms of the cross. I believe that in terms of sin, your sin nature. 
I believe that in terms of, you know, sickness and disease and, and uh, you know, and, 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 and your peace and all of that. So your peace is before you and turmoil is behind you. I believe it in terms of that. But I don't believe. I have a different perspective on this. That everything in the past is to be forgotten. Because there's things you can learn from. Now they are behind you. You don't repeat it. Come on. I mean, it's destroyed. But you're here, where, you're here today built on some things that happened in the past. And in fact, there's some things that you would call bad things that happened to you that actually formed and shaped your character and made you the man and woman that you are today because of some things you went through in the past. Even bad decisions you made and the wrong paths that you've gone down. You've been through the fire. You've been through something. You've been in a place where you said, what am I supposed to do now? What am I going to do next week? How am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to eat? What am I going to tell that person? I really messed it up. But you made it through because you're here. And you're now, your iron sharpens iron. Come on. The Word of God has come in. And it's formed you and molded you into the person that you are today. And so, those things that are in the past, yes, they're in the past. We're not to look backwards as we go forward. But let's not despise our past. Don't despise it. I mean, it was there for a purpose. It happened. You had to go through it. Because you are where you are today. You got a little more wisdom because of some things that you've been through. I guess I'm here to tell you this morning that it's okay of what you've gone through in the past. But today is your pivot point. Come on. You're at a place now. Your past is your past. But today you're at a pivot point. So you've got to understand the bad decisions you've made. You've got to understand the lack of integrity in some situations. Come on. You've got to understand the lack of character maybe in some situations. You've got to understand some, some paths that you took that were wrong and face it, deal with it, and pivot. It's not too late for it. It's not too late to go down the right path. And God has set so many paths before you. Spiritual pathways are paths where we sense God's presence and we experience spiritual growth as we move toward our spiritual destiny. He set so many of them before us. He set before us the narrow pathway. Now, this is the one people don't want to hear. Come on. And here's the thing. You think about this. Have a different revelation of this as well. You hear the, 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 the path is narrow. And, and, and in my mind, I think, well, that simply means that not that many people are going to make it on the path. Broad is the way to destruction. Come on. Narrow is the path to righteousness. And I thought, well, that means that a whole lot of people are going to be on this broad path, and not very many people are going to be on the narrow path because there's not enough room. But I don't believe that's what God was saying. Come on now. Somebody say, Pastor, don't leave me right there. What you talking about? What you saying, man? I believe that the narrow path means that God is saying, I have some laws, I have some principles, and they are simply these. And if you just do these things, not all this other stuff, come on, you'll be on the narrow path. All of us can get on the narrow path. The narrow path has room for every one of us. It's simply narrow because, well, if I could just be honest with you, Christians sometimes is narrow-minded. 
Anytime your leader says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father except by me, and anybody else is a thief and a robber, that's a pretty narrow mindset. I'm just saying. I mean, there's not room for interpretation. That's narrow. Jesus. Jesus is the only way. That's the narrow path. It's not all this other stuff. But God has set that before you. And to me, you know what? It's a much simpler thing. You ever been to the restaurant and you don't really know what you're hungry for? You're just hungry. So you go there and you say, well, I really don't know what I want, but I think I'll have the steak. And they say, well, do you want it medium, medium well, well done, or rare? You say, well, I want it medium well. Well, do you want a potato, or you want green beans, or you want the broccoli? Well, I want the broccoli. Well, do you want that with cheese, or a little bit of salt and pepper, or do you want it on the side? Well, I want it on the side. Well, do you also want a salad, or do you want bread? Just bring me some food. I don't know. Just bring me some food. It's too much. <laughs> Sometimes it's too much. <laughs> I'd rather just go to the agape feast where y'all got it all set and I just eat what's there. That's kind of the way I grew up anyway. My mom just put stuff before me and that's, I had to eat it. Well, you could eat it or you could go hungry. So, one or the other. Come on. But that's what God is saying. Jesus is saying, I'm the way. And I think it's much simpler. Thank you, Jesus. That's all I needed to know. I'll follow you. Very easy, very simple. It's the narrow pathway. God set that before us. He set before us the word pathway. Psalm 119.35, make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Your lamp, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God makes it, you think about it, God makes it pretty simple for us. I've set everything out before you. I've set before you life, and I've set before you death. Well, hmm, which one will I choose? Come on. There's the unswerving pathway. David said it this way in Psalm 26. My foot stands in an even place. In the congregation, I will bless the Lord. I'm standing on solid ground. Guess what? I shall not be moved. I like that place in God. Because now it doesn't matter what happens. I mean, the winds of doctrine can come this way and that way. People can say what they want. But I, listen, we were talking about it last night. You know, I, I'm to the point now, you, you get to a certain age sometimes, and, and, and it doesn't always have to do with age, but I know for me, you know, you get to a certain age, and you get just, just some things settled in your heart. You know, I mean, nothing can turn me from Jesus now. And, I don't, and, and words come to pass, word doesn't come to pass. This happens, that doesn't happen, big church, none of it matters in terms of, I believe Jesus. You know, I, that's it. I shall not be moved. God is still God, whether I believe it or not. He's still God. It doesn't matter. And that's just settled in my heart. And it should just be settled in all of our hearts. The unswerving pathway. He puts before you the blessed pathway. Come on. Psalm 6511, you crown the year with your goodness. Your paths, listen to this man, drip with abundance. David said that. Psalm 6511, your paths drip with abundance. Why would you want to take a different path? I mean, it looks better, maybe. But we got to get it in our mind. He puts before us the prophetic moment pathway. 
There are times in our life where God speaks to us through a situation, through a person, through a word, and we, we need to not miss our time of visitation. There are divine moments and prophetic moments. And guess what? I want to tell you this. If you've missed a prophetic moment in your life, if you've missed a divine moment, God has not run out of divine moments. I just want to, I just want to let you know that. And you might say, Pastor, if I would have just done that, you know, God spoke that one time, if I would just, I would be in a different place. Well, guess what? He's same God. He's able to still speak today. All you need to do is recognize it, deal with it, and pivot. Lord, I'm turning toward your word. Speak to me, Lord. Speak, Lord. Come on. And then the prayerful pathway. How are you going to know what I want you to do unless you stay in touch with me? God is telling us. Approach life with a prayerful, humble, teachable attitude. No matter your age, I'm still teachable. I mean, look, I'm, I'm reaching out to mentors. Uh, I, I have a mentor, a few mentors, but, you know, somebody that I'm talking to on the phone, and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm still teachable. Come on. I mean, we haven't arrived. Jesus hadn't come back yet. We have to understand that wrong paths have serious and lasting consequences. And I think that this is one of the things that, that hinders is a lack of understanding. When you have a lack of understanding, you'll just do anything. I mean, if you don't understand that that water is 12 foot deep, you just jump off into the water because you don't fully have the knowledge of what's happening here. We just jump off the path sometimes. And wrong choice, wrong paths are a choice. You see it there, Job 8.13, so the paths of all who forget God and the hope of the hypocrite shall perish. Go a different path, you'll perish. Proverbs 2.13, from those who lead the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. God lights his path with his word. So what do wrong paths do for us? Wrong paths encounter the destroyer. Come on. David said it in Psalm 17, concerning the works of men by the word of your lips, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer, he said. They encounter the enemy when you get on the wrong path. David kept himself separate from that. Those who destroy. His life had been patterned after God's word. Come on. Wrong paths are crooked and devious. That's what you find. Because so many times we want to, you don't want to face it and go through it. We want to go around this way and try to get in. We want it to come quicker than being patient. Come on. And those paths are crooked. They're devious. Proverbs 2.15 that whose ways are crooked and who's deep and who are devious in their path. Crooked in Hebrew means twisted. Come on. A corruption of the right way to turn things around and upside down. To twist things. To turn away from the normal. Crooked paths. Wrong paths are immoral breakdown. They really are. Immorality is a path that destroys the core of a person's heart. Emotions and conscience. 
something dies deep inside when we follow the immoral pathway. Wrong paths are not paths of God. They are immoral. Come on. We're going to try to trick somebody. We're going to try to, uh, you know, cheat on our taxes. And we say, well, everybody's doing it. But if everybody goes to hell, is that what you want to do? Just because everybody's doing it? Come on, somebody. Wrong paths have no peace. You find yourself in a lot or in a place in life where you just have no peace and you're full of turmoil. Look at the path that you're in. Could it be that you made a wrong choice somewhere and you need to recognize that and you're on a path where there will be no peace? It's not going to be peace. Isaiah 59, 8. The way of peace they have not known, and there is no justice in their way. They have made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes that way shall not know peace. You take this way, God's promising you, you're not going to know peace. You're not going to know it. Wrong paths are upside down living. <laughs> now, I like this one. Psalm 146.9, the Lord watches over the stranger. He relieves the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked, he, God, not the enemy, the way of the wicked, he turns upside down. God does that. Your way is a wicked way. He'll turn it upside down. Come on. In other words, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Wrong paths make the same mistake over and over and over again. You are, what, insane because you keep doing the same thing and making the same mistake over and over and over again. Proverbs 4.19, the way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. What a bad place to be in when you have no idea why you keep stumbling. Because it, the reason why that's a bad, it's bad enough to be in a place where you know what you're doing wrong and you just keep doing it. It's even worse to keep stumbling over and over and not know. Blinded. What can get you out of that? You have to recognize the wrong path over and over. Wrong paths are thorns and snares. They will grab you and, and there will be consequences to wrong paths. Long-lasting consequences. Come on. I mean, for a moment, a moment of pleasure, there can be long-lasting destruction of trust. There can be hindrance to purpose. The burning of bridges. The tearing of relationships for a They'll tell you. You know, I made it through, but it wasn't. I took one step, and that was one day. And it took me ten years. That's what some people will tell you. Come on, ten years, or whatever it might be. Not one day of a mistake, and the next day everything's okay. Oh, wrong paths are thorns and 
But you know what? Out of all of that, we can change paths. We can change paths quickly. We really can. The things we have to do. Number one, you have to realize you have strayed off the wrong, off the right path. Jeremiah eighteen fifteen. God says this: Because my people have forgotten me, they have burned incense to worthless idols, and they cause themselves to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths to walk in pathways and not on a highway. Because my people have forgotten me, they burn incense to worthless idols. Listen, think about this. Think about what the prophet is saying, what God is saying through the prophet here. He's saying that you can you can be a church goer. You can even be a Bible reader. But because you're on the wrong path, you're burning incense to a worthless idol. In other words, your worship is not received. Because you're on the wrong path. And you're going through motion of going to church. You're going through motion of praying, blessing your food, or whatever it might be. You're going through motion of reading a scripture a day. But if God doesn't have your heart, if you're not on the right path, you're burning incense to worthless idols. God's not hearing that because God wants your heart. He, he said that this people, their heart is far from me. I want their heart. I want their heart. That's why he said to obey is better than to sacrifice. The greatest honor, you know, somebody uh, once said, and people have written songs that say, Hallelujah is the highest praise. And I've not ever seen that in Scripture. I'm sure hallelujah is a high praise. Uh, I don't, I've not seen in Scripture where it says hallelujah is the highest praise. But I'll tell you what I really believe. I believe that the highest praise you can give God is your obedience. I don't know about you. I mean, what, what can you do for God? Tell Him He's good. You're great. You're a great guy. That was great when you created the universe. Boy, you really did it. I mean, what are you, what are you going to tell God? Of course you tell Him all those things. You know, but that's as much for us as it is for God. It's a revelation. That's, that's what we call making God big. Now, we say that. He's already big. We know that. But it, it, it becomes big to us. It, it's just He's revealing Himself to us. And so what are you going to say? What are you going to do? But you can obey. And when you obey, it's the greatest praise that you can give God. And so get off the wrong path and onto the right path. Thinking of a story... A ship captain on a foggy night saw the lights of another ship heading toward him. He saw these and he told his signalman to contact the ship. Send a message to change your course 10 degrees south. Are you with me? So he, this captain's on a ship. And uh, you might have heard this before. He's on a ship. He saw the light of another ship coming toward him. He said, signal him to tell him. Change your course. Ten degrees. You need to go. So we're coming this way. You need to go south. Because we're not coming. The reply came back and said, You change your course ten degrees north. Well, the captain replied, I am a captain. 
change your course 10 degrees south. A, the reply, I am a seaman first class. Change your course 10 degrees north. Finally, the exasperated captain sent back a final message. I am a battleship. Change your course 10 degrees south. The quick reply came back, I am a lighthouse. Change your course 10 degrees north. you got to recognize when you're on the wrong path. You can't just bull through it. you got to be able to see it. Admit you are on the wrong path and make a deliberate choice to get off. Sometimes it's embarrassing because you've done it this way so long. You know how embarrassing it is sometimes, especially as a person who is a Christian and who's been a Christian for years, maybe 20 years, 25 years, whatever it might be, and you understand that all of a sudden you realize you get a revelation and you've been believing the wrong thing all these years. And you've been telling people and you've been teaching it, you've been preaching it, and you've been adamant about it. But you realize, I was wrong. What do you do? Because otherwise you're going to run into the lighthouse, and guess what? The lighthouse is going to win. Come on. Believe you are called to a higher road than the one you're on. Believe it in your heart. Believe it in your heart. And then know that God has an assignment for you to fulfill. And it is on the new path. It is time for us to reevaluate the path that God has us on. If there are things in our life, decisions that we've made, any part of our life that's going the wrong way, face it, deal with it, and pivot. I'll leave you with this scripture that Paul gave us from Philippians chapter 3. He simply said this. He said, I do not claim that I have already succeeded. Paul had done a lot of things by the time he was talking to the church at Philippi. Said, but I don't claim that I've already succeeded or have already become perfect. I keep striving to win the prize for which Christ Jesus has already won. He already won me to himself. Then he says, of course, my brothers and sisters, I really do not think that I've already won it. But one thing I do know, there's one thing in my heart is to forget what's behind me and do my best to reach to what is ahead of me. So I run straight toward the goal in order to win the prize, which is God's call through Christ Jesus to the life above. I don't know a lot, he's saying. I don't claim to have already arrived. But one thing I do know, I can't look backwards. I can only learn from what's back there. I'll never get rid of my past but I don't have to go back and revisit it. Michelangelo said this, the greater danger for most of us lies in not setting our aim too high and falling short. Listen to this now. It's the reality of life. But in setting our aim too low and achieving our mark, many of us want to do that. We want to set our aim low that we might achieve it. But God tells us, set your aim high. 
Michelangelo went on to say, but in setting our aim too low and achieving our mark is what, what makes us fall back. And he says these words, Lord, grant that I may always desire more than I can accomplish. God is trying to tell us this morning that life is to be lived. There is more. He is able, well able to do exceeding abundantly far above all that you ask or think.